Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 22nd, 2017. My name is Phil Prosmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com back at our normal time. If you missed yesterday's episode, I apologize. I did post it much later than I normally do. Still a little jet lag from my from my mini vacation out in Salt Lake City. Uh, so I'm still getting used to the Eastern time zone. So I got that one up a little later than I would like and certainly a little later than normal. So if you want my thoughts on the Magic's 112-109 victory over the Philadelphia 76ers, as well as my thoughts on the latest rumors about the Magic's front office situation, be sure to check out yesterday's podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn, and every other place that you download podcasts to your podcast listening device. Just want to make sure we get that out of the way Early today, though, we're going to carry on on to what's on the docket for uh, for for Wednesday here. The Orlando Magic taking on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll have a complete preview of that game. I'll talk a little bit more about Alfred Payton and how he's really been uh, continued to be unleashed. Uh, uh, just kind of update his statistics and what's made him so so good since the All Star break. I'm sure we've touched on that, and especially the last few weeks, he's been really really good. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about another big issue that the Magic are facing, and that is their bench, which has struggled mightily. Uh, since the All-Star break. But before we get to those disparate parts, let's bring it all together and talk a little bit about Wednesday's game against the Charlotte Hornets. I know on Monday, I think I accidentally said that the Oklahoma City Thunder were in town today. They're in town next week. I jumped the gun on that. So the Charlotte Hornets are in town instead. And for the Magic, the Hornets have not been a very friendly team. I mean, you look back even to, to last week, or two weeks ago, rather, the Magic took on the Charlotte Hornets and lost by 40. It was the kind of loss that we thought the Magic were past, that the Magic were no longer going to have these types of blowout losses that, frankly, are just embarrassing to, to watch. But that's where the Magic were, unfortunately. That's that's what the Magic were facing after that game. This season, though, the Charlotte Hornets have absolutely had the Magic's number. I'm pulling up the results this season. Right now, uh, it, no, none of those three games have been close. The Hornets have already won this season series. Of course, a 40-point uh, victory for the Hornets on uh, earlier this week. 19-point uh, victory at home in late December, and then a 21-point victory in early December. Twenty, I mean, 19 points is the closest margin of victory in any of these games. Uh, that says something, and the Hornets have absolutely dominated this series. So, so why have the Hornets dominated this series? At first, we thought it was because of their size. I mean, with, with Cody Zellers in there, they, they are a pretty big team. Uh, but it, it seems like it's a little bit more than that. It seems like the team struggles with some of the versatility that the Hornets have. Nicholas Batum, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist have both had big games for the Hornets in this series. Uh, in addition uh, to that, uh, the Magic just can't seem to break them down offensively. Uh, you look at the, the scores. 88-101-81 in the three games, the 101 coming at home, and, and really 
that that home game December 28th against the Hornets. The Hornets led by 30 at one point in this in that 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 game. Uh, so that is is definitely a, a tricky thing for the Magic. Um, and even uh, last a few weeks ago, March 10th, when the Magic took on the Hornets, I, I said on this podcast that the Hornets really felt right for the picking. That that they've struggled a lot. They they had a very difficult January. They they just they've fallen out of the playoff race completely. Um, in, in some ways, they were this year's version of last year's Orlando Magic, in that they they just kind of hit a rut and could not get themselves out of it. Having said that, they were still a very good team. Charlotte's changed a little bit since then. Two-game winning streak, just like the Magic. Uh, good, good to say that, right? Uh, Two-game winning streak for the Hornets. Right now, they're playing a little bit better. Statist- their, statist- their statistical profile is still pretty good. The Hornets actually rank 11th in the league in net rating at plus .9. That means they're .9 points per one possessions better. And the reason we like to use net rating is it's usually a better signal of how well a team is playing. In fact, of the teams... In the top 10, only one team has not yet won 41 games. That team is the Miami Heat, who are streaking. They're at 35 and 36, looking like they're going to clinch a playoff, looking like they're going to be in the playoffs, not clinch a playoff, but they're still a little ways away from that. Of the top 15 teams in the league by net rating, the Hornets have the worst record at 31 and 39. Essentially, the Hornets' statistical profile, a 105.8 offensive rating and a 104.9 defensive rating, according to NBA.com, which would put them in eighth in the league, that statistical profile should suggest that they are a playoff team. The real problem is the Hornets just have not been able to win close games. Uh, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, I think they, I think they've lost just about every game they played in overtime, every game that's been just, that's been really, really close, they've just been unable to get themselves going in the right direction in those close games. Uh, that's kind of how things go, unfortunately, uh, for, for a team like Charlotte, and that's why they have the record that they do. But they are still a very dangerous team, and they, they just seem to get more dangerous as things go on, or, or they seem to be playing at a much higher level now. When you face a Steve Clifford team, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a team that is strong defensively, is going to look to move the ball offensively, offensively, uh, get three-pointers. They obviously play a lot through Kemba Walker, but Nicholas Batum is more than capable of putting up a triple-double and getting others involved. We saw Marvin, we saw Michael Kidd Gilchrist kill the Magic in the first game. Saw Marvin Williams kill the Magic in the third game. So Charlotte has been is able to attack from multiple people and make it very, very tough for the Orlando Magic. That's been kind of the reality when it comes to this Hornets team. They just seem to have the Magic's number. But as I say every time I sit down here and talk about these games, it's less about what the Hornets do and more about what the Magic do. I actually asked Frank Vogel a little bit about this on uh, one day when I said, I asked him, you know, you're playing the Philadelphia 76ers. Is there a little bit more juice playing the team directly ahead of you in the standings? Because, you know, whether whether you want to believe it or not, the Magic are trying to win games. And, and I, I would think there's some competitiveness to say, this is the team we've got to pass. You know, maybe that's a small goal to have to say, oh, we want to pass Philadelphia by the end of the season if if winning really is the goal and it's not just lip service. Fogel said, no, you know, we're not we're not worried about anything like that. We're worried about us. How do we build the culture that we want? How do we build uh, and get to where we want to go as a team and eventually as an organization? That's why I say the Magic are focused on them. How are we playing? How are we doing? How are we uh, 
you know, are we accomplishing the goals that we want to accomplish? That's that's how the Magic need to think the rest of the way in each of these individual games. So, that seems to be the where the Magic stand at the moment is figuring themselves out, playing at a level that they're comfortable with, and not so much worrying about the opponent. Charlotte's going to be a tough team. They're playing better than they were a few weeks ago, and the Magic have to hope that they are too. They, they, if they're going to get punched, they got to be able to punch back. That's something they've been able to do against Phoenix and Philadelphia. But Phoenix and Philadelphia are lottery teams. Charlotte has, again, they're not a playoff team right now, but they have the, they have the statistical profile of a playoff team. They should be a playoff team. I'm still a fan of the Charlotte Hornets, and I think that they can be better than, than their record, and I think that they, they, they might be able to make a push. A big win for them on Monday against the Atlanta Hawks at home. No reason to think the Magic won't see a very dangerous Charlotte Hornets team on Wednesday at the Amway Center. Tip-off is at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports Florida and NBA League Pass, as well as on Fox Sports Go if you get that. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. So let's dive into some of these individual parts that have been uh, uh, keys to the magic uh, since the All-Star break. Uh, these are really keys that um, the Magic have really toned in on. like the, their, their, their biggest success and their biggest failure. And, and I think the Magic's biggest success since the All-Star break has been Alfred Payton. There's been a lot of talk, and, and, and some of it fair and some of it unfair perhaps, about Alfred Payton's future with this team. The Magic want consistency. They want to see uh, the, they want to see a starter, especially the point guard starter, play at the same level and same quality every game. And, and Alfred Payton's inconsistency has been big. Uh, as I'm sure I've noted before on the podcast and certainly online, when the Magic win, Alfred Payton is really, really good. When the Magic lose, Alfred Payton is really, really bad. That's kind of been the story all year. And that's really been the story for two years. And that, to me, says the Magic are looking for consistency from that position. Alfred Payton uh, just has not been able to put all the pieces together. But since the All-Star break... His statistical output has certainly increased. In the 13 games since the All-Star break, I believe it's 13 games, let me double-check that real fast, 13 games since the All-Star break, Peyton is averaging 11.8 points per game. That's slightly down from his his pre-All-Star break average and slightly below his season average of 12.3, but he's averaging 7.8 rebounds per game and 7.6 assists per game. More than anyone else, the ball is in his hands and he is attacking more and more. And I think that is obviously a very good sign for the Orlando Magic. They are pushing the pace, number one. Get get Alfred Payton out in space and going downhill, and he is extremely good. He can distribute, he can he can attack, he can score. Um, doing all that uh, out in transition is 
really, really, really a good sign for the team. Uh, that's when Alfred Payton is at his best. He is at his best when he gets downhill, has space in front of him, and can attack and distribute. We've seen him just play that part so well because he is he is a passer first. He wants to get others involved. And getting them out in transition and getting them out on the break like the Magic have done and giving him space to work has been much better for him. Throughout the whole season, it, it felt like he was moving too much laterally, if you get what I'm saying. Moving around the perimeter side to side rather than going toward the basket. When you look at his shooting splits since the All-Star break, his jumpers are down, way down since the All-Star break. And I think that is as good a sign as any. He's getting to the paint a lot more for his shot attempts, as well as setting everyone else up. That is the Alfred Payton the Magic want to see. Let's just take a look at his shooting splits since the All-Star break. That's because it's a good sign of, of how he's getting his shots. Alfred Payton has taken 79 of his 100... First off, he's shooting 51.2% from the floor since the All-Star break. He's taken only five three-pointers since the All-Star break. That's a really, really good sign. Since the All-Star break, 79 of his 125 shots, that's 63.2%, have come from within five feet of the basket. 20 more shots, so that's 99 of his 125 shots, roughly 79.2%, have come within 10 feet. Peyton is no, I mean, not that Vogel is telling Peyton to stop shooting. Vogel's always said, Peyton has the green light, we want him to shoot confidently. This is more to say Peyton is being more selective and more aggressive with his shot selection. He is getting to the basket, getting inside the paint and causing havoc, where he is much more effective as a scorer and as a shooter. We're seeing him less, we're seeing more floaters, less jump shots. And we know his floater is actually pretty good. That's one stage of Alfred Payton and his development right now. The other stage, of course, is how he's getting others involved. And he's, his assist numbers are obviously up, and, and, he's, and, and the transition style fits his distribution better. What's been most surprising has been his rebounding. He's done a, and Vogel's even said this, that he's a little uncomfortable with Alfred Payton's offensive rebound and, and rebounding, and I don't think Payton's offensive rebounding has changed very much, but Payton is doing a much better job attacking the defensive glass. Uh, you take Monday's game against Philadelphia. There were two or three rebounds, especially in that fourth quarter, where Payton dug out a rebound, took it from someone, made sure the ball was his, that changed that game. Those are the plays the Magic need from Alfred Payton. The post-All-Star break, Alfred Payton has renewed some confidence in him. It's renewed some belief that maybe he can be the Magic's point guard of the future or of the present. And certainly the Magic do have a big decision to make on him, and, and he's as tough to figure out as anyone else on this roster. And certainly, for extension time, is very tough to figure out what his actual value is uh, on a market or even just kind of figuring out what he's worth. The Magic are going to have to make that decision soon. The draft is loaded with point guards. We know that. Is this segment, Is are these 13 games, and, and eventually it's about to 22 games, I think, um, You know, are these games post-All-Star break within this offense, is that enough to, con- to convince the Magic that Alfred Payton can still be our point guard? It's pretty convincing. I'm not going to lie. This new style fits him better. Absolutely fits him better. The proof is in the pudding. But the question is, is this something that's long-term? Can you build an offense around him? And what do you value that at 
moving forward. I said this a lot about Nikola Vucevic, and, and to some extent it's still true about him, but it's certainly true about Alfred Payton right now. Alfred Payton is an okay option at point guard. He proves with games like the ones he's been having lately, the triple-doubles especially, that he can produce at a very, very high level. You don't give away an Alfred Payton unless you have the replacement in place. That's where Alfred Payton is at for me right now. If you find a better option, you go for it. But you don't give away Alfred Payton without having that better option in place. Payton's still got to improve his defense. That's still his biggest weak spot. Uh, And you watch even Monday's game. He was getting beat off the dribble a lot by TJ McConnell, by Sergio Rodriguez. That isn't going to get the job done for the Magic. That's not going to uh, get the team where it wants to be because point guard is such an important position, especially in the NBA today. So if the if he can continue to improve his defense and play like he's played the last month of the season for an entire season, not just a, a short 13-game segment, and 13 games is significant enough to say there's something there. But we've seen this before from Peyton. Maybe not lasting this long, but we've seen this from Peyton before. Now he has to do it every single night. So the question that I guess the Magic are going to be asking themselves as they head into the summer now, if Peyton can continue this play, is this a permanent Alfred Peyton? Or is this a flash in the pan? And the draft's going to have something to do with that as well because Peyton isn't a natural scorer. He isn't a shooter. You need shooters on the floor with him to make him more effective. You need to create that space to make him this effective. Are you willing to build an offense around him? Right now, the Magic have done so And it's been pretty successful for him because he is really good when he's on the ball and really good in space driving downhill. That's going to be a huge question for the Magic this summer. So if Alfred Payton is the good of the Magic so far, what's been the bad? The bad has been the bench. The Orlando Magic's bench has been inconsistent all year, uh, to say the least. And I think uh, Frank Vogel even said when he made that first lineup change way back in November or December, he was looking for better balance of his lineups between his starters and his bench. And at this point, he seems to just have kind of gone away from that. He still uses nine-man rota- nine, ten-man rotations, which we'll get into in a bit. But let's let's set the table here for, for how bad the Magic's bench has been. First, the Magic's starting lineup has actually been pretty good. Among lineups that have played at least 100 minutes since the All-Star break, the Orlando Magic starting lineup of Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, Terrence Ross, and Nikola Vucevic has a plus 3.4 net rating. That means they're 3.4 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents. That includes a 110.6 offensive rating, which is very good, and a 107.1 defensive rating, which is not so good. More importantly, again, among teams that have... Among lineups that have played at least 100 minutes together, that lineup is 11th in the league in net rating. So, in essence, the Magic's starting lineup has been pretty effective. I mean, I'm not about to say, oh, the Magic should just kind of keep everyone the same, go with the starting lineup next year, and figure things out on the bench next next year. I'm not about to say that, because obviously that lineup plays doesn't play together all the time. They've only played... Uh, 197 minutes together so far this year. And even the Magic's uh, starting lineup without Nikola Vucevic, the one with Bismack Biombo, had a minus 0.4 net rating, which isn't great, but is okay too. 
where the Magic have really struggled, and the numbers here are going to get ugly, where the Magic have really struggled is off the bench. You take some of the Magic's bench lineups together here. The, the full bench lineup, DJ Augustin, CJ Watson, Mario Zonia, Jeff Green, Bismack Biombo, has a minus 27.2 net rating, 89.3 offensive rating, 116.4 defensive rating. I don't need to tell you, that is really, really bad. And when you look at the box score constantly, all you see on the plus minus is everyone in the starting lineup has a positive plus minus. Everyone in the everyone coming off the bench has a negative plus minus. The Magic consistently and constantly give up leads in the second quarter, especially. Their second quarters look really bad. Uh, the beginning of the fourth quarters also have some struggles in them as well, although the team has played technically has typically played a little bit better to start the fourth quarter. Uh, for for the most part, uh, and, and in some cases, um, you know they they play they have one starter that Vogel will tighten up his rotations a little bit for that start of the fourth quarter, or pull the lineup a little bit quicker to start the fourth quarter. Uh, Monday's game is a good example. The bench lineup played much better at the beginning of the fourth quarter than they did at the beginning of the second quarter. Why that is, I don't know, but it's still not a strong lineup. It's still not a lineup that I want to throw out there for too long. And and the Magic's biggest weakness at this point, among many weaknesses that the team has, is their chilling lack of depth. Now, that starting lineup, as I noted, is so successful, or relatively successful, 3.4 positive net rating. It's tough to want to break that up too soon. It's tough. It's, it's, it's easy to want to ride that lineup because it has been so good to the team. But the Magic do need to find better lineup balance. And they need to find better depth. And it's probably not going to come this year. This bench issue is going to last the rest of the season. There is just no way around it. The Magic are not going to be able to solve and resolve their bench issues this season. It's just just not going to happen. But come the the offseason, the Magic are going to have to improve their depth. And step one of that is get a good draft pick. That get a get one and maybe two, possibly three good draft picks that will contribute immediately. That's going to that's going to help, obviously. Number two, bring in veterans that are going to that bring in veterans that are going to contribute in free agency. Augustin has had his ups and downs, but it doesn't seem like he fits this style anymore. Jeff Green has mostly been down, had some ups. He's been Jeff Green. Doesn't quite fit this style anymore. Johnny Meeks has been hurt. He could be someone that could really help. And, and obviously, I think even having him in that bench unit has helped the Magic a, a, a little bit, not not a ton. He's still a little bit rusty. Uh, getting players that fit this style so you can kind of continue on is an absolute necessity. Getting Mario Zonia in a lineup that that where you know, you're not relying on him so much or that can get him involved is going to help. Being comfortable enough to play some starters and stagger some lineups I think is an immediate solution that that can help. But again, you don't want to break up that starting lineup. Getting players who can replace some of your starters who maybe aren't full-time starters and bringing them down to the bench will increase your talent level. You know, right now, a lot of people like to say Evan Fournier is probably best as a sixth man. That's probably not going to happen with this roster. But get a higher caliber small forward, a higher caliber shooting guard. Maybe you can push Evan Fournier to the bench where he can dominate, you know, worse players, which which he can do because he's he's proven himself as a starter. I, I think he can start in this league, but for a championship team, maybe he is best as a sixth man. On top of all this, you know, and then you got Terrence Ross as well and, and so on and so forth. You go through some of these bench lineups. 
And the answer just kind of stares you in the face. DJ Augustin, Bismack, Biamo, Jeff Green, Mario Zonia, CJ Watson, minus 27.2 net rating. Uh, the only, the first bench lineup that I come across that has had some success is DJ Augustin, Evan Fournier, Mario Zonia, Jeff Green, Bismack, Biombo. Again, insert a starter, things get better. Put, let's say, let's put Terrence Ross into that bench unit. Minus 12.2 net rating. Not great, but better than the all bench unit. Put Evan Fournier in that bench unit. I think that's what a lot of people want. In 22 minutes since the All-Star break, a positive 7.4 net rating, 98.7 offensive rating, 91.3 defensive rating. Uh, it, little things like that, they do matter. They do matter for this team, and, and they can help that help them play a little bit better uh, with these with these more used lineups that they have. I think for now the bench solution is to stagger the lineups. You stagger the lineups uh, a little bit. You get Ross in with that second unit, or you get Fournier in with that second unit. I think you'll see the Magic succeed a little bit more and get a little bit more out of their bench. Of course, you are getting a lot out of the starting lineup, and I think you have to go th- go keep with that if you're trying to win. As far as the maybe development question, putting Ross with that second unit, giving him some kind of alpha role minutes can't hurt. Putting Fournier in that lineup, giving him some alpha with, with against weaker opponents can't hurt. Putting lineups together that that have that are an offensive threat to help Mario Azonia get some more space so he can attack and get some shots up can't hurt. There are a lot there are a lot of ways the Magic could improve their bench play, um, even without getting the upgrade in talent that they're not going to be able to get until the offseason. But the Magic have to address this issue. They have to be cognizant of it, and they have to be willing to adjust a little bit. Clearly. What they're bringing off the bench right now, the second unit that they have, especially the all-bench lineup that they use at the beginning of the second quarters, it's just not working. Uh, and you expect your bench to be a little bit worse than your starting lineup, but it has been a key, key difference between the team, uh, but on this team since the beginning of the All-Star break, since the All-Star break ended. This is something that the Magic have to address, and they have to address it now if they want to accomplish some of these goals that they want to accomplish at the end of the season. Or for those less, for those a little bit more cynical than I am, playing an all-bench lineup is the way the Magic are tanking. And you should be for it if, uh, if you're for the Magic losing and improving their lottery spot. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic, again, the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is open, so submit your questions to the OMD Mailbag. I may steal a few for a Friday mini mailbag if you would like, um, so tag those LO Magic. Uh, you can tweet them at me at LockedOnMagic or to the personal account at OMagicDaily. I'll take uh, some of those questions uh, possibly on the show Friday and certainly put them all in my mailbag, which I will release next week. I'm hoping to release it actually around the final four Um you know, before the NCAA tournament is over, as, as the focus of this one is on the draft and and the and the what we're seeing from some of the prospects as well. So, if you have any questions about the draft or about any of the prospects uh, that the Magic are possibly looking at, drop them in the mailbag uh, on Orlando Magic Daily. You can check that out at orlandomagicdaily.com, and of course, tweet the questions to me at Locked On Magic using hashtag lo using the hashtag lo magic or to me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. You can, of course, follow me there Follow me there in both places as well. Be sure to like uh, the, the podcast on Facebook at Locked on Magic. I post the companion articles 
on the Facebook page. As well as for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check us out at orlandomagicdaily.com and like our Facebook page at Orlando Magic Daily. That's going to do it for today's episode. Remember, the Orlando Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets, not the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Charlotte Hornets at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock. Game is, on, game is on Fox Sports Florida as well as NBA League Pass. We'll have complete coverage of that game up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. For OrlandoMagicDaily.com and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.